Welcome back to the Life of a Gentleman podcast. Here is where the guys discuss, debate, and consider all aspects of living like a true gentleman. Rich and Anton will consider entrepreneurship, success, fashion and styling, family life, and everything in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our latest saunter into the life of a gentleman. Guys, take it away. Hey guys, welcome back to Life of a Gentleman, and today we have an interview segment, which we haven't had in a while, and we're excited to have on our special guest. His name is Patrick Young. He is an author of a book called A Way Up. This is a blueprint to help decrease crime. So this is definitely something that all gentlemen should pay attention to. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, I got to say who that uh, from New Orleans. So I got to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah, I got a lot of love for New Orleans myself. Definitely a lot of love. So it's yeah. good to have you on, Patrick. Um, I guess before we get into the, to your book, let us know a little bit about you and your story and what prompted you to make this book and just a little bit about your journey before we get into the specifics of the book. Uh, sure. Uh, thank you. The, the journey is one that we've heard before, you know, um, grew up single mother in New Orleans, four brothers, um, was doing good, finished high school, but then tragically, one of my brothers got murdered following the murder of one of my brothers decided to just take a, a shift in the wrong direction um, and I wind up getting uh, incarcerated for 13 years and nine months uh, which was released in 2012 but today you know I am the first director of gun violence prevention for the mayor's office in the city of New Orleans uh, prior to that work I was working in New Orleans Business Alliance for six years in three years, I helped over 890 people get employment. 673 were formerly incarcerated. Uh, I launched my own nonprofit called Sharp, which does professional attire for men. So we're like the male equivalent uh, to dress for success. So from the South, all the way from Texas, all the way to Virginia, we're the only uh, organization that provides that service. Um, and so recently, uh, just in the work and being in involved in it, uh, I was blessed with some words um, around what's really causing the stagnation. Like, why aren't we seeing a lot of progress uh, with a lot of technology updates and improvements? Why are we still staying the same? And so that led me to write my first book, A Way Up, uh, Economic Development Post-Incarceration. Because I feel like a lot of people feel like they're stuck, whether it's incarceration or stuck in life, and you just want to get out. I just need to find a way to get out. But um, we need to find a way up, not just a way out. I like that. Um, incredible story and uh, much respect to you for everything that you're doing. Let me ask you this. Um, at what point did you know that, not that you just wanted to get out, but at what point did you know that you wanted to really make a difference? Because it seemed like you came out and you weren't just all about helping yourself. You wanted to make an impact in the entire community. Um, true. I mean, it's one of those uh, old uh, proverb sayings, like you, you get more by giving. And so I really just wanted to give back to the community that I felt like I took from. And in doing so, 
you know, just stuff just started happening and blessings started coming my way. I think I went to prison um, selfishly, right? Thinking about me and thinking about what I my needs were, not considering here I have a two-year-old daughter. Why would I be violating and doing this stuff? Not considering how it would affect my family, my mother, you know? And so now, you know, I'm selfless in the work. And so everything else that comes is just, you know, blessings, you know, just being able to have a legacy of being able to give back instead of taking, you know? You know, I, I like that idea, you know, that, you know, there's a lot of old proverbs you can say, you know, it takes a village and, you know, all kinds of things of that nature. And how you said you kind of looked at things a little selfishly uh, beginning. And I think that's just a, a, it's almost a knee jerk reaction of human beings that, you know, when you see something that happens to somebody you love, you know, it, it, it's a difficult thing for many of us to process. And, and I thought what was, what was interesting in one of the excerpts I read from the book was that um, you thought, you, you think part of the problem is a twofold situation uh, that you're having. One of the problems is the incarceration problem uh, or the judicial system. And the other problem that you notice is the poverty side of it. Um, right. Can you get into a little bit, without giving too much away from the book, how do you feel that that plays a major part in the carousel of inmates that come in and out of the correctional system? Uh, sure. Um, well, one, I mean, we have to be honest about the truths about what we do. One, um, the majority of people in prison are from poverty-stricken areas, right? And so we're locking up the poor and we're incarcerating people that are poor. You can't make bail, you can't make parole. Um, and so the majority of the people that are in prison is because of poverty. That's that's fact. And then secondly, we have to look at incarceration. Like America is in love with incarceration. Uh, we believe that just, you know, locking people and constraining people, there's a benefit to it. And in some cases there is because there are four prison pop, um the for-profit prisons. So if you have a prison that's made off of profits, then you need a, a customer. So, you know, and also we still have an active 13th Amendment, which enables slavery, you know, in a certain regard. You know, there's prison enterprise, there's a lot of financial wealth in the prison industry. And so acknowledging those truths but calling it for what it is and so when you go to prison because of poverty you get out you're actually below poverty so you get a job that brings you back to poverty and you're in this perpetual cycle of being in poverty and so that's why i said it's not about getting out of prison because as long as you're in poverty you're still in a confined condition right you have to find your way up out of poverty to get out of prison and so if you find anyone who's successful after incarceration, it's because they found a way to economically advance themselves out of poverty. Um, if you stay in that same poverty condition, then you're going to see the same cycle, same drug abuse, same friends, same people, same life cycles. And so you're going to have the same outcomes. Um, it's not a system. It's a system that's working and it's been working for years. Um, and so that was one of the main things I wanted to highlight is that let's let's if you pull the cover back and you just see it for what it is, we all can. There's some agreements that we have to come with before you take the information that I have is is true. Um, and let's just agree. Right. Poverty affects America. We lock up mostly people that are in poverty situations right? and then they release into that same environment. So that's why we pretty much have this um, continual cycle. Yeah, 
and it's tough to get out of it and break it. And it's it's nice that you've kind of created what appears to be a guide for people to follow and kind of uh, have a path. Can you speak a little bit to the book now, A Way Up? How is the book formatted for the reader? Is it uh, a step-by-step guide or is, are there stories in there? Uh, what can people look forward to as they read this book or even gift this book to, to loved ones who uh, may need this, this path to follow? So that's a great question. Um, honestly, I wouldn't even describe it as a book. It's more of a strategic plan. Um, and, you know, working in economic development, uh, I saw what success looks like for a lot of people. And so anytime when we would have to go to work, we would have like these sessions. And the big thing was, oh, you have to come up with a strategic plan. And at the time, I was like, well, you know, and you forecast these wins and these companies really operate because they'll teach you in business. Oh, you need a business plan and all this type of stuff. No, you need a strategy. And so in the same vein, if I was to travel from my house to your house, Google is going to give me, uh, Google Maps is going to give me a direction. It's going to give me a path. Right. But they're going to give you different points to where if you want to walk, if you want to ride a bike, if you want to drive a car. And that's all attached to time. And even though it's an algorithm, in essence, that's another strategic plan. Right. How much time do you have to accomplish and get to the place that you want to be? When we think of economics, it should be applied in the same way. Like if you want to own your own business, own your own home. okay, let's put a timetable on it to make it real. And then let's navigate the path for you to get from where you are to where you want to be. So the book is designed in that capacity to where, one, identify where you are, right? And what you want to do and actually how, what's the path to get where you want to be? The main thing though is you shouldn't be released from incarceration and stay in the same environment. You shouldn't want to stay in the same condition. And then there's another saying where, um, you can't want what you haven't learned, right? And just just catch the concept. Like we want, like you want to, um, you want to run a podcast, right? I want to have a podcast, but you haven't taken the time to learn how to operate a podcast. And you and people just say, "Oh, that's easy." You just turn on the mic, and with a breakfast club. No, it don't. No, you know you have to learn certain things. <laughs> Like you really, in, in in essence, again, when we talk about success, wealth building, owning homes, owning business, it's different for people with, that are incarcerated because they have barriers by having a conviction. And so um, that's another key point that's tied into it is where what I'm doing is not just totally inventive. The military has a version called TED, Transition Economic Development where the government again spends 10.2 billion, keep this number, 10.2 billion dollars for 1.7 million Americans who are considered a veteran, right? And so before you release or discharge from any military institution, whether it's the, um, the Marines or the Navy or whatever armed arms group that you're in, you must take this economic development course. Okay, so what's the outcome? They have access to immediate capital, USAA, Navy Federal, and then veterans make up the largest population of homeowners and business owners in the country. All right, so let's take the same best practice model and apply it to another group of people 
people are in a confined situation. Why do why we don't have a, um, a USAA, a Navy Federal for formerly incarcerated? If we had a bank or financial institution that gave starter accounts to people returning home from incarceration, what you'll see is more home ownership, which will reduce a lot of crime in areas because most poverty are areas where people don't have home ownership or business ownership. So there is a whole linkage to who has access to capital and who don't. And you're denied basically because you have a conviction. And so once we can get past some of those hurdles of having convictions, then we can start to see some changes in our community. That's, I mean, that's real profound. Um, just the idea that having those resources, having those options for people who come out, it, it really just does not exist. You know, and I think that is part of the fatal flaw. This is more like, I mean, I have a question, but it's like, I always saw that as one of the flaws in the, uh, the uh, penal system is that, you know, even once a man pays or a woman pays his debt to society, that debt really has not been paid because, you know, this incarceration follows them around. Uh, they're not able to get certain licenses. They aren't able to do certain things that normal, you know, because they always say that this person paid their debt to society. But it seems like the way the structure is built, that person really can't. It's, it's super difficult for them to be able to pay that debt off. So the, I guess my right. question is, is what do you think that the answer is to getting rid of some of those barricades that are in the way? You know, how you how do you get people to get on board for this funding to, to, to be more willing for banks to lend to uh, incarcerated, you know, formerly incarcerated individuals to give mortgages to formerly incarcerated individuals. And I imagine um, your book speaks to that. It does. It does. And I'm glad you brought it up because it speaks to let's let's take the lens off entertainment and bring it to real life. First, I appreciate just having a conversation what we're having right now. We we can talk flash and we can talk, you know, you know, big money and stuff like that. But let's talk reality in a sense. And the reality is, is that we're, we're losing. We're not winning uh, when it comes to economics in our community. And why? Because again, we haven't learned proper economics. That's why they quick to promote, oh, who got arrested for PPP loans? Or who <laughs> did what with their stimulus? Right. Let's now talk about the disparity in economics. So after World War II, when you see the FHA loans, you see the redlining, you see how white veterans were allowed to get housing and black communities where ghettos were erected, right? And so with that housing and those mortgages, you were able to create this wealth gap that we have today. So also talk about the book, How America Loves Discrimination. So in 1920s, you know, women, you know, discriminated against, you couldn't work. From the 20s to 1970s, African-Americans, nah, we're not, we not working with those black people. Then in 2003, Nah, the disabled disability, nah, that's not happening. 2013, transgender, nah, your sexuality, I don't know if I can work with you. Today, it's formerly incarcerated, right? And I tell people the next group is going to be the blue people, like the aliens about to get it bad, you know, because they perfected, <laughs> <laughs> they really perfected discrimination against difference. And so, but in all, in all those things, you think about why would women want to work to provide for their families? Why would African-Americans want to work to provide for their families? Why would people with disabilities want to work to provide for their families? Why would people who are transgender want to work to provide for their families? 
So someone who has made a mistake and trying to correct their mistake, you don't think they want to provide for the families as well. And so the, the, the linkage to the thinking is you give access to opportunity, you give access to capital, it changes the game. Now I said in TV, we can highlight it. So we look at a show like Power. And the whole show was based off a guy who's trying to get out of the life and just get a legitimate business. But he needed clean access to capital. So he had to go all the way around the world just for a nightclub. But if you think about it, you look at it in the street term, getting access to capital is the same. But the negative version is, and look, I'm going to go get me a connect. They're going to front me something. I'm going to take that work, come yeah. back to the community, flip it, and pay you back. That's a credit exchange. In the same vein, if I need a house, go to the bank, give me that work, give me a loan, let me go back to the community, start my business, flip that, come back, I'll pay you back. It's credit. And in the same vein, though, it's like one is a legal process and one is the illegal process. Now, if you don't give me the opportunity to do it legally, they got some people, they call them hustlers. That's going to go get it illegally. And so we have to find a way where we can do this process in a legal manner so where we can have home ownership, business ownership, and not have to put stuff in my cousin name, and my girl name, and deal with all those situations that mad they come, like Kanye West. And it's just a whole bunch of stuff, right? Yeah. And so, um, but it's, it's, it's nothing... We're not making, like I said, I'm not making up nothing new. I'm just saying, let's offer a lane that's already working for the military. Let's offer it in essence to people that are formerly incarcerated. And honestly, that sounds like a really great solution. And I don't see how you could get a lot of pushback from that. Hopefully, get you know the, enough people thinking this way. Because you're right, I see the USAA commercials all the time, and and that really hit home you know what they're getting help they're getting a leg up um they're collectively pooling their money they're getting opportunities formerly immediately simply are not yeah they're they're not getting that so you're already having a tough time coming out and then you have an uphill battle uh which is super unfortunate I, i'd like to get this would be my last question um, I could have you on here forever and just talk about this. It's super interesting. But um, if you could just give, you know, one piece of advice out of the book, um, what would it be? Just, you know, just one thing that really sticks out to you. Oh, I think, um, you know, I, I use a lot of personal stories of people, um, again, that have been in prison um, that have found success. And so many times you, you hear these stories, you hear these stories, you hear these stories over and over and over again. And it's similar, similar to why the Buddhists call the way up. Because once you see the thinking about it, you know, and there's the old saying, I'm going to use all these quotes that if you want to hide something from somebody, you put it in the book. But then if you want to free somebody, you put them in the book, you know? And so really, as we liberate our minds, the way is just an acronym for what about you? Like we could have all the success and all the examples. We could go on and on and on. 
But at the point, you have to make a critical decision for yourself that you actually want to change, right? And the commitment to the process of actually changing is what about you? They're going to have some challenges. I'm not, I don't, I don't make it easy to sugarcoat you and say that, look, if you follow this from A to Z, you're about to be a multimillionaire. Right. That's a lot. I'm not even saying that in the book. Right. But what I'm saying is that you can climb out of poverty and you can have success if you follow the strategic plan that's designed and laid out. Um, there are multiple people who have done it, but it's not to the extreme. Um, we have to make this part of the discussion when we talk about prison reform because it's an economic system for you to go in prison, but why shouldn't it be an economic system coming out of prison, right? You pay bail, it's a, you pay for parole fees, like money is attached to this thing going in, then so money should be attached coming out. And so like, no, we, we have to have this intelligent conversation around prison reform. It can't just be, oh, let's just change the laws or let's just, um, you just get a job, get out and get a job. If you don't know what to right. do with resources, then you're just going to be stuck. Again, you have to get out of poverty. You can't, don't just get out of prison. So, uh, the main thing is though, be committed to yourself. Don't do this for me. Don't do this for your mom. Don't do this for your kids. Don't do this for your girl. Your desire to succeed should be way more than my desire to want to see you succeed. And so that's the main thing I would want anybody to take out the book, man. Handle your business, you know, and just do it. You know, you can, it's possible. I think that's awesome. I think that's an awesome message. Um, just the whole positivity that you have behind it that, you know, there are resources. It's not that the resources aren't there. They might be under rocks. They might be behind a lot of paperwork and they might be behind doors that you've never been to, but they're there. And I think as long as that there are individuals like yourself who've gone through certain situations and saw a way up and are willing to reach down and to, to look in and to pour into other individuals, it gives them a, a, a leg up and a fighting chance uh, to be able to make um, something. I mean, for you to come from where you were to having a position within your local um, municipality, your local government is, is a testament to it in itself. So I think your story in itself is inspiring. Um, I think your actions will be inspiring to others and hopefully the book will be able to inspire uh, many individuals to understand that, you know, they aren't made up of that one act at that one time that there are options and you don't have to become part of this carousel that is so detrimental to so many lives within our community, within other communities. It's just, it's a terrible thing. I think we all have either experienced someone who's been incarcerated or uh, have loved ones who've been incarcerated at stints with the law. So it's definitely a conversation that needs to be had. And I think that uh, with you, your positivity, your book are definitely heading in that right direction. So I just, again, I appreciate the conversation. And um, you spoke earlier about uh, the soup program you have. I don't know if you know, but you know, Rich and I, that's one of the things that we do. We like to, to help those who are in need. So, you know, definitely we can be in contact with you to see whatever we can do to uh, you know, give assistance to uh, some of those. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, and that's, that essence was uh, what prompted a lot of this. I mean, we would do work readiness. Like, again, it was getting guys ready to to go to employment opportunities and it was just stealing all my suits. They was just killing my closet. And so I was like, man, why we don't have a dress of success for men? And then so it was like, 
Uh, let's just start it. Let's do it. So that was my first. Um, that was my nonprofit. That's what I started here in New Orleans. And um, but what, what I saw is on the back end when the guys would get hired, and now they're having finance trouble or they're having problems with their girlfriend, and they want. I mean, they come home with great ideas. They want to start their own business or get your own place. You can't even get a car because who's funding that? And so it's taking you right. a minute. You know, and you just, you get frustrated, you get upset. I mean, you get your feelings behind just wanting to succeed, but you got all these hurdles and obstacles. And nobody's really explaining that to guys prior to release. If you talk to a lot of guys inside, they have great ideas. I'm going to start a business, give me a barbershop, do X, Y, and Z, start this clothing line, whatever. It's not going to be, no, that's not the route. And to the point we have people of success if I was getting recruited into the military they're going to send a military recruiter somebody who's been successful in the military to say hey you can do this too if I wanted to go to Harvard they're going to send a recruiter from Harvard to say hey you can do this too so why can't we have someone who's been successful in this environment come back and say you can do this too but I'm not going to make you I'm not going to just leave you you know because they say the game is free to hustle is so separately no here's the how right you know and so you know, now at that point, you got to just take it and, and move. You know, you got to move. You got to execute. And so uh, Nick Saban says prepar- uh, the separation is in the preparation. Um, and so what makes his team elite every year is the way they prepare. So if you're going to be released and you know you're going back into society, your success is going to based on how well you prepare. Here's a tool that I know that works. You know, get prepared. And so when you release, you know, you don't have some of them battles that I face. Yeah. And uh, once again, um, everybody pick up this book. This is Patrick Young. The name of the book is A Way Up. Uh, as Anton and I both expressed, uh, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. And hope oh, uh, man. the Thank listeners you. and the has got a lot out of this. No, we, we appreciate you. Please, uh, before you go, uh, let us know. Um, where to pick up copies of the book also if you have a website or social media you'd like to share please do so now and you guys uh, please support this book and the initiative uh, behind everything he's doing yep the website is uh, raiseyourbarllc.com raiseyourbarllc.com uh, my instagram is at raiseyour underscore bar and the book can be found pretty much on all platforms where books are sold uh, from Barnes and Noble to um, Kindle to all over. I mean, uh, so we appreciate it. Look for the check. Let me see so you can see the check. <laughs> you know, but um, we just changed, and the whole thing is let's change directions. Um, you know, if you ever think about, just think about when you, if, if you ever been stuck, like somebody trying to pull you out the mud or just stuff like this or whatever, right? If you try to move out, you just get stuck even further. But if they pull you up, you know, you're able to re- release yourself. And, uh, that's what we have to do. And everybody talks to cliche of going back and picking my brother and pulling them up. Now let's be intentional. Let's 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 give people a pathway up. Yeah, I like that. Let's really do it. Let's make it happen. Wishing you all the success in the world uh, with your nonprofit and with the book as well. 
And I'd love to maybe have you come back on in the future and we'll follow up and hear more about the great work that you're doing. So thank you for your time. We will. The gentleman. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, next time, that I, I, was on me. Because uh, I should have had my last suit. I would have showed y'all. You know, we do this over there for real. <laughs> oh, but it's, 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 it's Mardi Gras. It's Mardi Gras in New Orleans. So it's, it's a little relaxed right now. We'll see. And y'all, anytime, again, if y'all come down to the city or whatever, man, please reach out and let's you know, get some good food and have good conversation. Definitely. We love that idea. And again, we appreciate you being on. And we look forward to talking to you again real soon. All right. Thank you, brother. Salute. Now nah, that was that was great. That was great, Patrick. Um, 